For an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. Yes, good afternoon to you all and welcome to the Monday Waffle, the mid-season review edition. I'm Jesse Donnelly-Jones, joined by Connor Malice and Connor. We're uh, at the halfway point of the season now. Who would have thought? Yeah, and we couldn't have been more wrong with our predictions at the very beginning <laughs> of the year, were we, Jesse? Yeah, we've had a look back at them, haven't haven't we? And uh, yes, definitely off the mark there. Like I mentioned a couple of weeks back, I actually thought that the top five would stay the same as last year, but looks anything but at this point in time. But I'll tell you what did happen over the weekend while the Waffle had their mid-season by The Waffle W... The Claremont Tigers taking out the Premiership, defeating the undefeated East Fremantle Sharks, 7-4-46, 6-2-38. And gee whiz, that's a tough one to swallow for East, isn't it? Oh, it definitely would be, wouldn't it, Jesse? I mean, going 14-0 in any league, doesn't matter if you're amateurs or professionals or semi-pros, like it's a great feat and not to get the cake and at the end of it, 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 would, it would be a a stab, a shank and a twist. A Look, shank and a twist. Oh, they'd be hurting, wouldn't they, these Fremantle girls? I mean, going 14-0 throughout the season and having the wood over Claremont in the home and away fixture. And then, yeah, to come up short at the end there, albeit was at the Tigers' home ground, although we we had that venue determined from the outset. So, so that's how... It was always going to be, but yeah, just falling short by eight points. It'll definitely be a tough one for the Sharks girls there, but a big congratulations too to the Claremont Tigers taking out the Waffle W Premiership, and who knows, the way they're going, they might uh, set themselves up for the, the double this year. Back to back, you reckon? Oh, well, um, you know, you think Claremont's going to win. Women's and blokes, I mean, you, look, Ooh, yeah. they're, they're setting themselves up, aren't they? I mean, you still have to wonder, can they... Um, get over the hump against South in the finals, which they haven't been able to do the last couple of years. But um, And obviously West Perth are around that mark too. And, and a couple of new contenders like uh, East and Swans. But it'll be interesting to see, won't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we're having a look at it and at the very beginning of the year. What did we say? We said it would be a South and Subiaco yep. grandy. Yep. South <laughs> are sitting fourth. Jesse, should I mention that the week oh, before, who please toppled don't. them over? Please don't. For their first win, West Coast, you oh, thought I forgot goodness. about it, didn't you, I Jesse? thought we were in the clear. I thought the mid-season nah. buy had me in the clear. No, nah, not at all. South losing to West Coast. I mean, West Coast did have Nick, Nick Natanui. Yep. But, you know, if you're going to be a grand final winning team this year, you'd, you'd think that one player wouldn't have such an impact on a team. It just wasn't the ideal loss, was it? I mean, there never is an ideal loss, but going 6-4 and just letting... Claremont and East Fremantle bridge that gap in the top three. I mean, if they have to go into an elimination final at the end of the year on the back of that, it would be a you know a pretty big blow at the end of the year because you know the Swans, Peel Thunder, East Perth, those teams knocking on the door, they can beat anyone on their day. So and another, ho- hopefully it doesn't come back to bite them. Yeah, but another contender is the Royals toppling over Claremont as well. That was a very unexpected oh. win on that behalf, especially coming to that. You know, back end of the season, Claremont really had an opportunity to almost be on top of the ladder with West Perth and be a game clear of East Frio, but just dropping the ball. It was amazing, wasn't it, the amount of upsets that occurred <laughs> a couple of weeks back just prior to the mid-season buy. But um, I tell you what, what it has done is it's really opened up the ladder now because it seemed like there was a clear top five, top six beforehand, but now it is well and truly open slather and it's looking like you know, all the way down to Subiaco in eighth spot, still just hanging around that mark. So one through to eight, 
still very much in contention. And Perth and West Coast, as as you just alluded to before, they can beat anyone on their day. So it's going to be interesting to see how this second half plays out. But what we are going to do, Connor, we're going to look at the top five now, and we're going to go through in order the uh, the teams that are currently placed to play finals football. And we're going to say whether we think they'll remain in the top five or miss out at the end of the season. And then if we have a team missing out, we'll see who we both have jumping in at the end of the season. So we've looked at the fixtures, we've looked at the probability of wins, so on and so forth. So uh, I'll throw it to you first, Connor. So your mob, West Perth, first on the ladder, 8-2, and percentage of 136.9, got the best defence in the competition at the moment in terms of points against. Dare say you'll have them staying where they are. Yeah, I don't see them falling out at the top two right now at the moment. Um, To be honest, I don't see the top three possibly changing by the end of the year. I'll say that now. Yeah, look, I mean, I've, I can't see. Yeah, obviously West Perth, you'd, you'd think they're a lock to, to stay in there and dare I say top two at the end of the season. East Fremantle, the uh, surprise packets of season 2022. I, yeah, can't see them finishing anywhere below third at this point. Um, I suppose though, if they can still find a way to keep scoring, put the score on the board. I mean, they've done it the past couple of weeks, but I mean, they only lost by 11 points, uh, won by 11 points, sorry, against Peel. So... It's getting closer now, yeah. isn't it? It's getting to that point where, you know, you look at some of the teams earlier in the season and there was sort of some big margin. I mean, round one was incredibly close. But after that, there was about a month of football where it was quite lopsided results. But now you see, like, the gap just closing. And we've seen West Coast beat South and now 11 points of difference between East and, you know, a side that's sitting outside the five. So it's going to be um, it's going to be a ripping second half of the season. Claremont Tigers, Connor, same story? Yeah, well, look, I'm not really certain after them losing to the Royals, um, but it just goes to show how tightly the competition is. But Two games in at the moment, plus yeah. percentage. Yeah, look, yeah, they're still a game behind, really, from West Perth, but on a lower percentage. I mean, South Fremantle and Swan Districts, you know, get a decent win there, sliding right above them. So they could be eerie in the mix but I mean you could say that for East Frio too I mean it's all within two or three games of each other and you know another 10 rounds we could see this change a lot more and you know all it takes is Peel or East Perth to find a bit more structure and they could have a quick six game win streak and secure a spot in the top five yeah as we as we've seen from that West Coast South game it's that anyone can beat anybody on their day so those top five teams at the moment are going to have to stay on their toes if they want to play finals football come September. Now, this is where it gets interesting, Connor. So we've agreed on the top three. They're not going anywhere. They're playing finals football. This is where it just gets that little bit closer. Now, South Fremantle sitting in fourth spot, one game inside the top five at the moment, and their percentage dropped significantly on the back of their loss to West Coast. How do you see their second half of the season playing out? Well, I mean, if you want to give them an excuse, they still lost Florenka. Yeah, was it the week that, before? That was, that's a massive loss for them. I mean, he was, I, I mean, up there with Jesse Turner, wasn't he, for Sandover Medal contention? Yeah, so I mean, obviously a big hit, and when someone's like your rock for this team, um, and he's not playing for you, you need a few more players to step up. Whether if Souths are just using this time to find another replacement for him to try and um, mess around with all that, but um, look, they could be rattled a bit, but they could also take this week to reset think about a game plan, look back at the footage of where they really went wrong. 
because it's definitely not that Nick Nat came in and nah, beat him in the ruck. Not, because, nah. I mean, a great, fantastic player. Don't get me wrong, but he's you, not. You don't let one bloke beat yeah. you. Nah. Well, when you had 25 scoring opportunities to 14 in that game, uh, definitely not the uh, ruckman doing all that work. But um, I, I'll stay. They'll stay in the top five, I reckon. Top five, yep. All right. So, yeah, look, I, I reckon the same too, Connor. I reckon they'll stay in that top five. It, Look, if they can win, so so what have they got now? Eight games remaining until finals football. I mean, if they can win, let's say they get on a roll and they win another six of those games, finish with a record of 12 and six with a healthy percentage, that might be enough for them to just leapfrog either Claremont, East Fremantle or West Perth into that top three. Because uh, the teams below them, I mean, you, you wouldn't want to be playing an elimination final against the Swans or the Peel Thunder Oh, let's say Swans all of a sudden just get a better percentage and they get a home final against South. In Bassendine. And you're not going to win that, unfortunately. I mean, Swans on the road aren't great, but, geez, they're tough to beat at home. Yeah, you you can imagine if the Swans climbed into fourth and had a final in Bassendine. I mean, that that would just be... (laughs) I mean, good luck trying to win that one, wouldn't it, with the crowd and the conditions and the oval, just everything about that. But with all that being said, I do see South hanging in there. So the top four... Uh, we've decided a, a staying firm. Now, the Swan Districts, six and four, one game inside the top five, like South Fremantle, and almost 10% behind Peel Thunder, who are right on their tails. So any slip-ups here and there, and they'll be falling out quite easily. Uh, do you see them hanging in there? Uh, this is the one that I, I find is going to be the very difficult one. East Perth, obviously, coming off a big win against Claremont, have shown that they are worthy of contention. So all it takes for them to, you know, get a scalp on, let's say, Swans, East Perth, uh, sorry, East, uh, so you get a scalp on Swans, Peel. I mean, they still got Subiaco, Perth, and West Coast. You know, that could be five very winnable games yep. out of the next eight or so. They could be making a push for that fifth spot, even the fourth spot, you know what I mean? Um, their percentage... 105, I mean, it's not too far behind. It's only two points behind Swan Districts and 20-odd behind Claremont. So they could they could be a contender. And Peel of Thunder, if they... I mean, Frio's playing fantastic anyway, so it's hard to see that any changes going yeah. through Peel now. So top but, seven, I reckon it's between five, six, and seven. I don't see Subiaco making finals this year, unfortunately. You think Subi are gone? You think I think Subi, yeah. After this week's loss, uh, last week's loss, sorry, to Swannies, I just don't. Don't see it happening. We've, I've look, I've wanted them to make <laughs> the top five all year, but they've just not shown me anything. If if they lose this weekend, I mean, what are they now? Four wins, six losses. If they lose this weekend to East Fremantle or Leaderville Oval, and you'd think East would be the favourites, then that's that's probably the the final nail in the coffin. You would have to say. Yeah, you'd hope so. And they don't have a very easy run. I mean, Peel the week after that, um, Claremont the week after that round 14 it's just not going to be easy for them i mean if they get the wins then and there against some good scalps absolutely they have a chance of making it but they just haven't given me anything this this year to make me think that yeah look i mean who'd have thought at the midway point of the year that they'd be four wins six losses it's it's quite remarkable to think isn't it also the percentage of 87.6 sort of goes to show that they haven't just been losing games they've been losing them quite convincingly yeah. but Going back to the Swan Districts there, Connor, I reckon, as you said, you know, this is sort of the one where you give it a lot more consideration and you sort of think to yourself, well, 
Peel Thunder, if they have a few more Frio boys coming through, East Perth, if they start getting on a run, they've got a healthy percentage too of 105, which shows you that the games that they've lost have been quite close. Um, so they've been in most most games. But yeah, look, I mean, the Swan Districts, I think they've got a favourable draw, but if they have a slip up or two, uh, which we have seen from them these last couple of years at times, then it's just going to open the door right up for Peel and East Perth. Uh, but with all that being said, Connor, do you reckon Swan Districts get in? Oh, yeah, look, it's going to say oh, it's a 50 Pro- Probably, Probably going to need about 10 wins. I mean, 10, yeah. 10 wins, 8 losses, healthy percentage of, you know, 100, 105 plus yeah. probably gets you in. Right yeah. now, they're 6 and 4. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of other guys, are, you know, Peel and East Perth are both, you know, 5 away or 6 yep. away from that win and... As we just said before, East Perth do have a, a decent run. I mean, Swannies, I think, have... Yeah, they have Perth this week. So, great opportunity for them to really pump up that percentage yep. a fair bit as well. But the week after the versus the Royals... Uh, sorry, um, the Doggies. Yes. So, that, yep. that'll basically... I reckon that would be the one that turns the tables. That determines it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, there's going to be so many season-defining games over this next month of football, isn't there? I mean, once we get to round 14, 15, we're probably going to have a much clearer idea of who's secured their spot and who's at that log jam, probably between that fourth to, you know, seventh mark on the ladder. You dare say one of these clubs out of Peel Thunder, East Perth and Subi, probably in about three to four weeks' time, one of them will probably be putting a line through and it'll probably become, uh, you know, seven, six-horse race, potentially. Exactly it. I mean, uh, we're just so privileged to have this conflict, yeah. aren't we? Well, I mean, it's, it's it's been such a close season, hasn't it? Like, it's it's incredible the um the amount of close games that we've had, the amount of upsets that we've had, and and sort of you know, and also teams like East Fremantle just coming out of nowhere, getting up the top of the ladder when no one really suspected they would. So, just goes to show you how how strong the waffle competition's been this year. But uh, I guess we'd have to settle then that the Swan Districts, Peel Thunder, East Perth are sort of vying for that last spot there. So we'll definitely have a much clearer idea of who's going to get in come the end point of the season. The Sandover medal, Connor. Yeah, I was now just thinking <laughs> this. I was just thinking now, this. Now, this, this is going to be a very inter- interesting count, isn't it? Obviously, Jake Florenka getting injured for South Fremantle, that, that's uh, a massive disappointment for, for himself personally, but also for the count with the Sandover medal because you'd imagine he'd would have racked up a fair few votes over those first two months. But you've also got blokes like Jesse Turner from Swans been playing outstanding. He's leading the disposal count at Le- the moment with 331. Yep. 331 in 10 weeks. That's that's sensational, isn't it? And Claremont, you've got the usual suspects, don't you? You've got Bailey Rogers, Jai Bolton. Ryan so- Lim. Both are Ryan Lim. They're yep. second and third for the most disposals this year. So Yeah, so... And look, you can never uh, discount those West Perth boys either, can you? So, um, yeah, you know, Aaron Black, Tyson Cattell, so... Shane look, Nelson as well. Shane Nelson, yeah, he'll, he'll be up there too. So, um, yeah, who who do you fancy at this point, mate? Well, look, I would like to see Jesse Turner get it, but if we're going to go off, you know, you have to kind of play finals to be the best. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, I mean, if they can make a great end of the season, Jesse Turner for sure. Millen Murdoch from East Frio has been playing pretty well, but Hamish Brace or East uh, East Perth have, has really oh, shown he's, his he's been outstanding, again, hasn't so, he? Yeah. Um, although East Perth, you know, if he has a really good run with East Perth towards the back end, we might see something like that. He might pull through, but 
Miller Murdoch face Frio. I mean, carrying it on the back of your team, trying to, you know, make it second on the ladder when no one like credited you at the beginning of the season. Um, he could be a dark horse on the way through. He would have racked up a lot of votes too in the first six, seven weeks of the season. I mean, when East were uh, six and one to start the season, you can imagine how many BOGs he probably would have had exactly. <laughs> during those wins. So, so yeah, I think it may be Millen Murdoch for now. Yep. Is, is going to be my vote. You reckon? Um, yep. I mean, few of the Westie boys are playing fantastic, but I think it's a whole team effort that's making them get there. Yeah, look, I reckon, um, I think Jesse Turner, if he sustains this form, I mean, he'd have to be leading at the moment, you would think. Um, but I reckon if, if Swans can uh, keep, you know, having a winning record throughout this second half of the season, play some strong footy, and look, I mean, if he keeps racking up 33 disposals a game, which is what he's averaging right now, and the Swans get a few more wins, I think he uh, he might be placing himself beautifully to get the the much-coveted medal. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go Jesse Turner at this point, mate. So that's... Uh, Another one to review <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the end up. of the season. Well, you yeah, never hope- know. A couple injuries here and there. You yeah. just don't know, unfortunately. Yeah, look, hopefully we have, have a better run with our predictions than we did at the, uh, the pre-season. Because yeah. oh <laughs> we've been uh, backtrack- <laughs> backtracking on those, haven't we? But uh, what we'll do now, Connor, we'll look forward to uh, round 12 of the Waffle season. And we'll give our, uh, our predictions and see who we've got over the weekend. So we'll start in Bassendine. Swan District's currently sitting in fifth, taking on Perth. Who have you got? Uh, you have to go Swan District's for this one, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd have to hope that they're bringing their A game. Although Perth, you know, only two wins for the season. It's a very good opportunity. They should know now that, you know, very good opportunity to really cement themselves. Claremont or East Frio lose this week. They could go right up to second with a great percentage boost against Perth. They would hope, hopefully... It's, Unfortunately, I reckon it might be a blowout, but yeah, Swannies. Yeah, Swans for mine too. Uh, Claremont taking on South Fremantle. This this would have to be the game of the round, surely. Uh, third taking on fourth. Going to be an absolute belter at Revo Fitness Stadium in Claremont. Uh, I'll back I'll back South on this one, Connor. I reckon. It's a shock. <laughs> well, look, I have I have a, I have a theory. Okay, coming off that incredibly disappointing loss against West Coast. It's really set them back on the ladder. They're going to be absolutely desperate to sort of bridge that gap once again against the Tigers, who are now sitting a game clear in third spot on the ladder. So I reckon South, they haven't really come undone with any uh, mate. I mean, outside of Jake Florenka going back three weeks, they haven't come undone with uh, any other injuries recently. It was just a bad loss against West Coast, and I think they'll bounce back, and uh, I think they'll try and march up to getting that top three spot and, and maybe try avoiding that elimination final. Yeah, on that though, you know, I think Claremont are going to come back with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, tough fair loss, enough. Fair tough point. Yeah. loss to the Royals the week before. Week to reset. They obviously know themselves that they're fighting for a spot if West Perth slip up, God forbid. Um, they could be right up there in the number one seed. So, um, yeah, this is going to be the game of the season. This uh, game for the round, for, especially for this top five. And it's going to be such a season-defining game too, isn't it? I mean, if Claremont win this game, they'll be two two games clear of South. And then South, potentially, I mean, this would be the worst-case scenario for them, but if Peel Thunder pulled off an upset against West Perth and East knock off West Coast at Mineral Resources Park, they're out of the five, mate. They're out. Exactly it, Jesse. Yep. I mean... Stars do need to align for that, but, you know, it's a very scary thought to think that, you know, even if, I mean, Swan District's obviously wanting to move up to that fourth spot for a bit of security, but, you know, sitting fifth and on the 
at the edge of not making finals, yeah, it's definitely definitely playing on their mind. Almost shaping as a must-win, isn't it, for South Fremantle? But uh, Subiaco taking on East Fremantle, and, well, this is it for Subi, isn't it, Connor? They have to win this game. If they don't, then they're, they're probably gone for the season. Yeah, it's another make-or-break, yep. isn't it, really, uh, to make sure they go five and six, you know, if... As we said, if we think you need to have 10 wins in order to yep. make finals, these guys need to go on a big 6-0 and run. Do I think they can do it? Probably not. Probably not the best way to start it, especially with East Frio in such great form that they are. So, yeah, that would probably be my tip with uh, Sharkies there, getting up. There'd be no coming back from 4-7, and seven, would there, mate? Like, there's just... It would just be way too difficult with Peel, East Perth, Swan Districts. It is would... such a shame, though, for Subi because they have it Ben Sokol yeah. and Ryan Borchette. Like top three goal kickers oh. in the comp right now, fifty-five goals between them. You'd love to have them in your you know, like kicking the ball to them in in your forward fifty, wouldn't no. you? Like, I just don't know what's going wrong for them. Oh uh, yeah, I mean you, you you have to scratch your head too, don't you? I mean because uh, I mean they they have such a strong squad still. I mean you look at their their squad on paper, like you 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 just have to wonder have have other teams figured them out. Or are they just getting a little bit older? Obviously, they're a very experienced squad. They've been together a long time. But, you know, are they running on old legs a little bit there? But it's just, it's incredible to think that we're at round 12, just entering the second half of the season. And we're, we're saying about Subiaco, if they lose this game, they're, they're basically gone. Mm. So just uh, incredible to, to see how, how this season's gone for Subiaco. And with all that being said, I think East Fremantle will knock them off, mate. I reckon, look, they, they weren't... They, they didn't set the world on fire against Peel Thunder. It was an 11-point win. They sort of just got over the line. I think they're going to come out looking really sharp. They, they won't be resting on their laurels of an 11-point win over the Thunder. I think they're going to be on their game from the get-go. And, yeah, I think it will just be a, a bridge too far for Subiaco in that one. Now, West Coast... On the back of that massive upset over South Fremantle. Don't have Nick Natanui, but are they any chance of knocking off East Perth on Saturday? Um, I, look, the Royals could be shaking in their boots after seeing that, but they could also <laughs> yeah. say what we said, you know, it's not just Nick Nat, and, or it could have been just Nick Nat getting yeah. him over. But uh, for the Royals, this is a big one. They really need to bring their A game if they want to have any chance of making it into that fifth spot to be five and six as well, you know. Uh, they can get a game clear of Subiaco and maybe catch up to Peel if they don't knock off West Perth, you know, then it's a tied-up situation. Well, look, I mean, they'll, they'll definitely be full of confidence, won't they, on the back of that win? Well, I mean, both sides will be, obviously, East Perth knocking off Claremont, West Coast knocking off South Fremantle and really shaking up the top five there. So, um, look, you, you, div you definitely give West Coast a chance on the back of their performance against the Doggies a couple of weeks back, but... Yeah, I just think East Perth will be too strong for that one, and I think they'll uh, keep putting pressure on the teams above them on the ladder and really knocking on the door for a top-five spot there. Now the final match of the round, West Perth taking on Peel Thunder in Joondalup on the, uh, on the Saturday. And um, look, th this is a danger game for West Perth, isn't it? I mean, only one game clear of East and Claremont on the ladder. So Yeah, uh, I mean... Peel Thunder, if they decide to show up, you know, they've done that for half of the season where they've showed up to some games and not, not to another. So um, both teams, I mean, West uh, West Perth obviously want to get a win here. Fingers crossed that, you know, Claremont slip up against the Doggies so that, you know, at least two games clear of third place. But yeah, look, I mean, it's going to be a big round for, for both both sides trying to cement a spot 
or trying to keep a spot, I guess. Yeah, I mean, because West Perth right now, they're, they're setting themselves up beautifully for a top two finish, but this second half of the season, because as, as dominant as they've been for the first 10 weeks, only a game clear of third on the ladder, only two games clear of fourth on the ladder. So they really can't afford to be having too many slip-ups here and there. Um, but look, I mean, if, if Peel can knock them off on Saturday, it's just going to shake everything up again, isn't it? Like, it, it'll just, <laughs> it'll add more mayhem to the season, won't it? Yeah, and that's that's the thing. We've just seen so many upsets and so many head scratching, like, how did this happen? Or, geez, I didn't expect this to happen from a, you know, bottom six or seven, eight spot. So, yeah, I mean, for West Perth, I, I do see them beating Peel of Thunder, but yeah, I don't think it'll be a, a, a very easy win. It'll be a close one, won't it? I'm actually going to back the Thunder on this one, Connor. I reckon they'll pull off the upset. I think they've got a lot of talent in their squad, and I think they'll be, um, you know, really pushing for for that top five position. There's there's a real opportunity for them too. If um, if South do fall short against Claremont, you'd think Claremont would be the favourites for that one, and uh, and East Perth and and Subi, you know, both lose on the weekend, then it'll just open the door beautifully for them. So I think Peel will get it done against West Perth. And uh, look, mate, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how, how these last two months of the season shape up. It's going to be a, a very frantic finish to, to the end of the year, I would imagine. Absolute nail-biters, Jesse. It's going to be an absolute beauty. Well, thank you for tuning in to our mid-season edition of the Monday Waffle. The football is back this weekend. Some ripping games across this fixture and a great second half of the season to look forward to. I'm Jesse Dolly-Jones, joined by Connor Malice. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Monday Waffle, proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting.